Welcome to the In Focus podcast. My name is Zubeda Hamid and I'm your host for this episode which is part of our Expert View series on COVID-19. Today's podcast focuses on children and COVID-19. While we know that children are believed to be less at risk of contracting COVID-19 and will generally experience milder symptoms if infected, there have been rare cases of multi-system inflammatory syndrome reported in some parts of the world. In the midst of this pandemic, the one question uppermost on most parents' minds is how to keep their children safe. This apart, they are worried that if and when schools reopen, if it will be safe for their children to attend. To answer these questions and more, my guest today is Dr. Bala Ramachandran, head of the Department of Intensive Care and Emergency Medicine at Kanchi Kamakoti Child's Trust Hospital in Chennai. Good evening, doctor, and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Good evening. It's nice to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. This episode is going to focus on coronavirus and children. So, to start off, what do we know so far about the coronavirus disease and children? We know that they have a low prevalence of the disease and that it's generally thought to be milder in children. But at this point, it is not clear to what extent children can spread it. Does coronavirus act differently in children? Uh, thank you, uh, Zubeda. Uh, we are learning a lot about coronavirus. And as you mentioned, children don't get affected that often when compared to adults. In fact, uh, the reported incidence is that uh, world over, it's only about 5 to 10% of the coronavirus uh, patients are children. But uh, does it act differently in children? Not really. In the sense that children who do get sick have the same kind of symptoms like adults, they have fever, cough, uh, uh, body pains, etc. Uh, but not many children um, get ill. And interestingly, more than half of the patients, uh, children who have been diagnosed with coronavirus disease, COVID-19 as it is called, they are asymptomatic. So, yeah, you know, they you you won't even know that the child has the disease. It's only in about 40 to 45% of uh, children with COVID-19 that they actually have symptoms. And again, these are much milder than in adults. So, doctor, uh, could you give us an idea as to, are there any studies showing us why this is the case? Why? That's a very uh, interesting question. There are no studies as yet, but lots of um, hypotheses as to why people think that uh, children don't get ill that often. Um, when I say children don't get ill, the one thing I want to be clear is that children, a lot of children probably have the disease, but as I mentioned, they're going to be asymptomatic, so you won't know that. Number two, very early in the course of the illness, uh, uh, all over the world, people started shutting schools and daycare centers. So children were not exposed to others. So the child mainly stays at home. The chances of his getting uh, infected are lower than if he were going to school or is running around, uh, etc. Or he goes to daycare. Right. Now, coming to your question on why do we think that. Um, the disease is less uh, severe in children. There are a lot of hypotheses, as I mentioned. The 
a couple of things are how the immune system of children handles coronavirus uh, when compared to adults the coronavirus actually enters the body through the nose and there are these receptors these um, molecules which are called ACE2 angiotensin converting enzyme 2 uh, receptors and the coronavirus tags on to them and then enters the body now children actually have more ACE2 when compared to adults and though the exact reasoning is not known it is thought that ACE2 uh, the enzyme has a protective effect on the inflammatory process inside the lungs. So, in, in fact, children may not get such a severe disease because they have more of this enzyme, uh, these receptors. That's only one. None of this has been proven, by the way. The other important thing is that uh, severe COVID-19 disease is associated with very high and persistent viral loads. Now, Children, as I mentioned, they aren't going out, they aren't playing, they aren't going to daycare centers. Uh, so their viral load is uh, lower than in adults. In addition, children have a very strong innate immune response. So they're, you know, they are tuned to, to react quickly. And we keep on giving them live vaccines uh, like measles vaccine and other things. So they know it's like sort of saying, you know, if you exercise, you will be stronger. Okay, so we are exercising their immune system. So they can respond very quickly to a new infection. So right, okay. They also get a lot of viral respiratory infections. So their immune system, you know, the children get more colds uh, than adults do. Um, so their immune system is tuned to tackling these and they're able to control the infection faster. The other very interesting thing is that ch children, I mentioned these co-infections uh, with other uh, uh, influenza viruses, other coronaviruses. In, in fact, the coronaviruses are one of the com you know very common causes of common cold. Other coronaviruses, not SARS-CoV-2. So they get these, they get another infection called RSV, respiratory syncytial virus. So all of these are RNA viruses, just like the uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2, and they all share parts of the same genetic material. Uh, there are parts in common. So it's thought that maybe the children, by nature, uh, by virtue of having more exposure to these uh, infections, are able to clear them better. They already have the antibodies which are needed to clear them better. The uh, other thing is that if you are already infected with one or two other uh, respiratory viruses in the very recent past, uh, you know, it's unlikely for you to get one yet one more uh, viral respiratory infection. So these are some of the reasons why children uh, are protected. You know, they are fresh, their lungs have not been damaged uh, due to uh, pollution, etc. So their lungs can regenerate very quickly, much faster than adults. So we have multiple reasons as to why children may not get that sick. But uh, as I mentioned, none of this has actually been proven yet. That's very interesting, doctor. So basically one reason is that because they get a lot of colds and other respiratory illnesses, they are more protected than others are. Mm -hmm. uh, doctor, moving on, could you give us an idea about the extent of uh, COVID-19 infections among children in India? Is there uh, are there any figures as to that? 
Yeah, actually, uh, the numbers are just starting to come in. I don't have exact numbers for you, but mm -hmm. we, what we do know is that children all over India have been getting affected, and uh, mm -hmm. the uh, again, the majority of infections have been asymptomatic. Uh, so we uh, we've seen them here in Chennai, Pune. Uh, a lot of them, Maharashtra in general, Gujarat has them, Delhi has them. So there are actually a uh, lot of children who have been affected with coronavirus, but very few of them have become seriously ill. So that's reassuring for parents to know that uh, even though they might get infected, um, it's likely that the illness will not be as severe. Uh, absolutely. The uh, majority of children will recover. In fact, the, uh, you know, the uh, reported uh, fatality rate, the death rate due to COVID-19, in adults, it's set to be around 6%, roughly, give or take uh, a few. In children, depending on which report you uh, read, it's about 0.01%. So the fatality rate is far, far lower when compared to adults. Uh, doctor, uh, we have been hearing reports and reading reports about a few clusters of children in Europe and North America who have required ICU care due to a multi-system inflammatory condition. We know that this is rare, but what else do we know about it? And uh, why do we think that children are at risk uh, with this condition? Okay, this is a very interesting thing. And what happened was uh, in February, doctors in England, England had been very badly hit. And after the peak of the disease had passed, they started seeing these kids with no comorbidities coming into ICUs and being very seriously ill. And they issued a warning uh, about this condition. It wasn't called this multisystem inflammatory uh, uh, syndrome at that time. Then soon afterwards, uh, you know, reports from other parts of uh, Europe and the U.S. came. The CDC in the U.S. Uh, issued a similar warning. And then everybody else started reporting them. Uh, in fact, our hospital reported the first uh, known patient in India uh, with this disease. We don't know why exactly it happens, but we do know that a very small percentage of children with COVID-19 infection develop this hyperinflammatory uh, syndrome. And it's exactly what it says. It's hyperinflammatory. It's an dysregulated, that is an abnormal immune response in dealing with uh, the virus. And it doesn't often happen during the viral infection. A lot of times it happens after the viral infection has gone. In fact, many children have been found not to be PCR positive for the virus uh, when they have this condition, but they turn out to be antibody positive, which means that they've had the disease earlier and now their immune system is acting up. And what happens is they come in with um, very high fever. The fever will just never go down. Then uh, a lot of them tend to have abdominal symptoms uh, uh, like abdominal pain, diarrhea, um, etc. And then when they come into the hospital, they have other features like low blood pressure. Their heart gets affected. Some of them have uh, some brain getting affected. Their consciousness gets affected. But um, uh, <coughs> If you recognize these children and treat them early, they still do very well. Tell us about your experience, doctor. Yeah, so 
our clinical experience uh, in Kanchi uh, Kamakoti uh, Child's Hospital, Chennai, where the only private children's hospital, as a, which is designated as a COVID-19 um, hospital in Chennai, we till date we've seen about 20 children who have tested positive. We've tested about 200, so roughly about 10% of the uh, children we test are coming back positive. And the majority of them have not been seriously ill. Three of them were newborns who were born to mothers who had tested positive, And these children were kept in isolation. The babies recovered completely. The uh, only three children needed to come to the ICU uh, who were a little more seriously ill. And uh, a couple of them had the hyperinflammatory syndrome, which uh, thanks to the warning given by others around the world, we were all looking for it and we were able to recognize it very quickly and treat it. So they also did well. But the majority of children, about 75% of these 20 children, were actually not too ill. They were treated on the wards and they got better. They came in with uh, some sort of a respiratory infection uh, because uh, they tested positive for uh, COVID-19 and were a little ill. They were uh, admitted to the ward. Some of them needed uh, uh uh, some oxygen only one child actually needed uh, to be ventilated uh, and he also recovered very nicely the other interesting thing we're seeing and others around the country have also reported this is we're we're finding children with diabetes tend to get covid19 and they, uh, they can be quite significantly ill we've had children who did not know that they had diabetes, they typically present with what we call DKA or diabetic ketoacidosis, and we test them for COVID and they're tested positive. And we've also seen children who are already known to have diabetes, and then they get COVID infection, and then they become, uh, they sort of lose the sugar control and they become sick. So that's sort of the spectrum of children we're seeing. Thankfully, all of the children we've had have recovered. Now we've had no fatalities. Uh, um, in Chennai because of COVID-19 in children. That, that was going to be my next question, doctor. So children with pre-existing conditions are a little more at risk? They're absolutely, they're more at risk. Uh, the pre-existing conditions can be things like, I already mentioned diabetes, um, obesity, um, lung diseases, uh, like let's say cystic fibrosis or some form of chronic lung disease, uh, those kind of kids and also patients who are on immune suppressant for some other condition. For instance, they have uh, lupus and they're getting steroids for that. Their immune systems are all uh, sort of suppressed. So they tend to get more ill. And these are the children uh, who have a higher risk of dying. In fact, um, most of the deaths reported in children uh, all over India have been in those patients who had comorbidities. The average healthy child has very little to worry about because of COVID-19. Doctor, um, moving on to a bit of a larger picture, even a small percentage of anything is usually a big number in India in absolute terms. Uh, mm -hmm. In India, do we have the pediatric infrastructure in place, especially outside of cities, to deal with the rising number of COVID cases? Do we have enough uh, NICU beds if we need them? Yeah. Uh, now, the I told you the number of children is hard, less than 10% of yes. the total population of COVID. So yes, I agree with you that in India, that's a big number. 
but the good thing is 50 to 60 percent of these kids are asymptomatic they don't need to do anything for them and certainly you don't have to admit them okay so they'll just be at home and get better as long as you take common sense precautions uh, to avoid spreading it to others at home uh, and others around them uh, so in <coughs> especially elderly grandparents etc uh, the child will recover on his or her own in the other children are also very mild unlike adults they're very mild so uh, they can be managed so i think in terms of uh, our capacity to handle these children all over india i think we can do it it shouldn't be an issue uh, you mentioned uh, intensive care uh, most of these kids will not need to come to icu so i think we'll we can take care of that that's good to hear doctor and that's very reassuring doctor one big question on uh, the minds of most parents is about schools mm -hmm. about when they can re reopen how they can reopen and if parents you know want to send their children back to schools uh, one of the things that uh, experts around the world have been talking about is um, how much of the virus can children potentially carry and then spread so uh, are children as infectious as adults can they um, potentially be carrying the virus and give it to others as much as adults can now this people don't know the exact answer to this some people think that children may not be as infectious but the real risk here is you're not going to know who is in which child is infected and which child is not because so many of them are asymptomatic the child will be completely healthy eating laughing playing normally and will right. be carrying the virus and they uh, you know will definitely spread it and especially if they are at uh, uh, you know mingling with other children yes there is a risk of them spreading it and taking it home so having said that it still remains to be seen as how exactly the schools will reopen when they will reopen certainly the summer uh, no schools are going to reopen and even though we talk about distance learning and uh, e-classes and all of that uh, the, the average uh, child in the village may not have the facilities to attend those uh, uh, may not have good connectivity etc so once the peak has gone down then the disease will still be there and at that time we'll have to see how to open schools so we don't have a clear clarity on that at this uh, right away right uh doctor one more question in about uh, uh keeping children healthy in general uh there are reports coming in uh, of children missing out on their vaccinations because of the lockdown so what can parents do in the situation where uh, on one hand you have a lockdown and uh, uh, public transport uh, is not available and on the other hand you want to vaccinate your child but do you take them right now to a hospital setting uh, which could potentially be risky how how can parents minimize the risk and keep their children healthy okay that's a very important question and this is uh, being uh, uh, discussed all over the world missing vaccines is a very serious thing because there are so many vaccine preventable diseases which can be you know controlled prevented uh, very well with vaccines but which uh, if we don't vaccinate can kill the child and we are expecting all over the world to see an increase in these vaccine preventable diseases uh, in the next few months uh, uh, to years especially things like uh, 
diphtheria, whooping cough, uh, uh, measles, especially measles is a real killer, especially in malnourished children. India has done very well to control measles, uh, but now all these kids are missing out. Uh, so especially in the first two years when they get a lot of vaccines, you know, they get them every few months, it's uh, important to uh, continue to give the vaccine. So if the hospitals are offering the vaccination, my advice is please go and get it. Most hospitals, if not all of them, have taken adequate precautions uh, to uh, prevent the people who come there from contracting the virus. And I would say the real death for a child is not getting coronavirus disease, COVID-19 disease, but getting measles because uh, he or she misses out on the vaccine because that is much more serious. Right. So you recommend that parents must go ahead and give the vaccines to their children think, at this point? I, I think so. As soon as possible. Uh, because what's going to happen is parents will forget. Uh, they And then uh, the vaccination schedule is confusing enough for a trained doctor. It's, it can be very confusing for the parent. So they will uh, forget it. The healthcare system in India does not have the capability to keep track of who has missed and who has not missed. Uh, in developed countries where the loader, uh, load is much lower, they can actually do that. They call up individual parents and say, hey, listen, you missed this vaccine. Please bring the child in. That's very difficult to do in India. And so we'll end up losing uh, a significant amount of uh, uh, important vaccines. So I think children should, parents should take their kids to, and go get vaccination, especially the kids under two uh, who need so many vaccines. Okay. Dr. Jeff, you have told us that uh, the uh, you have told us that children are at low risk and even if they do get the disease, it's mild. So could you give us maybe like a five-point checklist as to what parents should do uh, in the current situation, um, just a checklist as to how to, how we can keep our children safe. Okay. Uh, it's nothing that is different from what we adults are doing now. One is avoid crowded places. If your child is over two or three years old, put a mask on them. A smaller one may not tolerate a mask. And there are some pediatric masks available. We You can use an ordinary mask. It does not need to be a fancy medical grade mask. Ordinary masks are good enough. The <clears throat> teach your children to keep washing their hands frequently. Um, yes, alcohol-based uh, hand rubs or hand sanitizers are good, but we have to be careful in very small infants because they may, after they use it, uh, it smells nice, so they may inhale a lot of it. They may lick their hands before it dries, etc. So that's usually reserved for older children. So, uh, you know, keep them um, away from crowds. Teach them to wear masks. Teach them to wash their hands with soap and water frequently. And teach them the hardest part is to keep them from touching their faces. So that's something we have to keep on reinforcing to them. Uh, so it's just general common sense to try and uh, avoid them from getting infected. Okay. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, doctor. You're welcome. It was my pleasure.